not come with a message. I thought I preached a little bit, almost over an hour this morning, and so I thought, well, we'll just sing tonight. Um, but let me just kind of tell you one thing. Um, we'll try to make it one thing, uh, and uh, we'll do our best for that. Um, I love the Word of God. Uh, I, uh, it's hard for me to get together in a, in, with a group of Christians and not talk about the Word of God. Um, and so it's, it's, that makes it it's tough for me. But um, this morning, for those that was able to join us online, we talked about the biblical definition and the biblical meaning of love. And uh, I told you that if I could get two things across, right? We, we came out of Matthew 22. The, the first and greatest commandment was that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second was like unto it, right, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And so I said if we could just understand the biblical meaning of love and we could understand who our neighbor was, um, then then we could then we would better understand how to honor God and keep that those two great commandments that He's given us. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. All the law is fulfilled in those two commandments. Um, and, and so we, we want to understand them, and we, we, we try to look at them and understand them. And we're not going to live it perfectly. I want you guys to know that. We're not going to live perfectly in love. We're going to make mistakes. And Shasta, she said after uh, church this morning, she, she said, well, maybe you can finish the rest of your message when you get there this evening. And I said, well, no, I've got to, I've got to finish writing it first. I didn't have it all put together, and um, I, still, I still don't have it all put together. But we're going to finish it. Uh, and it's just going to take just a minute because this, the last point was going to be the easiest one, right? Who is our neighbor? We understand the biblical definition of love, and if you didn't get to watch this morning, maybe go back and watch in a little while, and, 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 and maybe you'll come out, I hope you come out with a better understanding of that. But who's our neighbor? And so to look at that and to understand it, we, we need to go into Luke, um, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Um, and, and there was a, a certain lawyer that asked Jesus the same question. He asked him, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him a question back. He answered that question with a question. And he said, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it or your understanding of it? And so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. The lawyer understood. He got it. And, and so when he answered that, he said to him, Jesus said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, He answered with this parable. One that everybody knows. He said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. 
So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And Jesus and the lawyer said, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, Go and do likewise. Notice what Jesus did at the end of that parable. It, 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 it's, it, he he, re, he kind of rephrased what it was, the question was the lawyer asking. And he said, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. In other words, what Jesus was saying to him was that it's not so much about whose neighbor he was. It's about the opportunity for us to be the neighbor to anybody we meet. It's the opportunity for us to do what's right for people. It's the opportunity to show compassion and to show biblical love like we talked about this morning. That's the opportunity we have each and every single day. And that's why when I preached that to you this morning and I talked to you about biblical love, I tried to explain to you and tell you that that it's important in our relationships, all of our relationships, to be grounded in this biblical love. This biblical love that will look beyond people's faults, this biblical love that looks beyond people's exterior appearance or, or their perhaps their habits. I, I, I would challenge you to say this. You are supposed to be the neighbor to everybody, to anybody. To, to whether they're the most prominent person in society or whether they're the lowest of the low in society. That's who you're supposed to love. Who are we supposed to love as believers? Everybody. Regardless of their past, regardless of what they've done, regardless of where they've been, we are called to show the love of Christ. Who did Christ love? Did he only love the good? Did he only love the rich? Did he only love the righteous? Did he only love the Pharisees? Did he only love uh, the disciples? He loved every single person that he encountered. He showed them. He healed the sick. He, he, he touched the lepers. The people that nobody else would love are the very people that he loved. And he said this. He said, who do you suppose loves me the most? To whom I've forgiven little or to whom I've forgiven much. We're to reach out to this lost and dying world with the love of Christ. We are to evangelize the lost. We are to love one another as Christian brothers and sisters. We are to love each other. But we're to love those outside of the body of Christ too. We love them enough to share the truth of God's word with them. We love them enough to share the love of God with them, to be compassionate and kind to them. It's a part of the work of God. It's a part of who we are as disciples. Who is our neighbor? Every person that we will show compassion on, every person that we encounter is our neighbor. Right now we've got neighbors in Africa. Right now we've got neighbors in 
in China. Right now we've got neighbors down the road here. We've got neighbors across the street over there. We've got neighbors all across the world, people who we can reach and show compassion to and the love of God to if we will just do it. It's been too long. And I, I, and I say this with respect. I, 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 it, it's not meant to be a, 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 something that upsets you. But for too long, we as a church, I'm not talking about Pound River, I'm talking about the body of Christ. We as a church have gotten so comfortable simply just loving a few people that we see ever so often. We've got to reach out beyond the church and begin to love everyone. We've got to get into our communities and show the love of God. We've got to get into our schools and get into the prisons and get into the workplaces and get into everywhere we can get into and show the love of God to people. It doesn't, you don't have to be some great evangelist to show the love of God. You just have to do what we talked about this morning. You just got to flip over to 1 Corinthians 13 and say, when I interact with somebody, whether it's at the drive-thru at the restaurant or whether it's at the workplace or whether it's at the school or the, or the prisons or wherever we are, whenever I interact with someone, my job is to be patient and kind. And my job is to, is to share truth. And my job is to show that biblical love. That's what we can do. That's how we're going to win souls to Christ. It's by love. By love. By sharing the truth in love. By showing people kindness and compassion. By caring about people. By caring enough to be willing to sacrifice some of our comforts, some of our time. By taking, listen, you want to know how you win a brother or sister in Christ? When they're at their lowest point, you don't turn your back and walk away from them. You come along beside of them and you show them love and compassion. You don't, you don't throw them away when things get tough. You love them. You care about them. You minister to them. In that way, guys, we're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all get to show love. We all get to show compassion. We all can show grace to everybody. Doesn't matter. I, we're, we're living in, the, in some very, very strange times. Things that should be dead issues to us have resurfaced again. Racism. Why, why would that ever? Listen, there's no room for that in the heart of a Christian. There's no room for that in the, in the heart of a believer, a born-again believer. Born-again believers don't look at skin color. Amen? Better honk on that one. Born-again believers don't worry. I've got to, I, I, we've got brothers and sisters of all nations and kindreds and tongues. Listen, and I, I don't believe anybody here falls into this category, but I'll say it just in case. If any of us should think that somehow we're superior to somebody else, 
You need to go back and read what the Bible says in the book of Revelations when he makes it clear that when we get together in heaven, we'll be gathered together with all nations and all kindreds and all tongues. And there'll be all different skin colors and it won't matter, amen? Because we're all going to love and serve the same God who created whites and blacks and, and all different kinds of people who created all of us in his image. All of us in his image. Do you know I preached those very same words almost in a tribe in Africa in a grass hut to people that couldn't even speak the language that I was speaking. And by the grace of God, I watched as they worshiped and praised the Lord. They weren't worried that I was white. They didn't care. You know what they, you know what they knew? They knew that there was Brother Olby and a team of people and me and Brother John and, 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 and some others from other places uh, within Africa. And they knew that somebody was showing them love. Somebody came with, with medicine. Somebody came with compassion. Somebody came with the gospel. Somebody took the time to get there. We all are missionaries. We all are ministers. We all are evangelists in that way. To the drug dealers, to the to the politicians, to the to the low, to the poor, to the rich, to everybody. We got to get the gospel, not just in our heads, but in our streets and in our communities and in the places where people are. We got to listen. We got as soon as this thing lifts up, and even. And even before, we got to get serious about spreading the gospel. I, I don't know about you, and, 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 I, and I certainly don't know when it'll be, and I tell you, I, I can say with 100% confidence, nobody else knows when it'll be either. But I do believe we are very close to the end. Now, I don't know, it could be 100 years, it could be 1,000 more years. A thousand years is as a day to the Lord, and a day is as a thousand years. We don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. But what we do know is this. We can look and see the signs, and we can begin to understand that we are certainly closer now than what we was yesterday, and what we was the day before that, and the day before that. And the coming of the Lord could be at any moment. And even if He doesn't come back for us all in the next thousands or two thousands or tens of thousands of years rest assured that you're going to meet him you're going to stand before him i want to have a testimony that i spent my life serving and laboring for the lord i told you a couple of weeks ago to go listen to a message and if you haven't done it yet i want to encourage you again to go listen to a message don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Go back and listen to that message. And you're going to hear, Shasta and I were talking about it on the way over here. You're going to hear him say something very powerful at the end of that message, towards the end of it. He's, he, he compared these two couples, and, I, and I'm, I'm done after this. He compared these, these, these two groups of people, these two missionaries, both in their 80s, widowed, who had served the Lord for years and years and years. And they went overseas and they were serving God. 
And as they were traveling to a place to minister uh, uh, to, to the people's health and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, the bus that they were on lost its brakes and they went over a cliff and were killed. These two old women, I think he said both, was in their 80s. And they died. And he said people were saying, what a tragedy. That's not a tragedy. Amen? It's not a tragedy. They'd served their whole life waiting to be with the Father, waiting to see the face of God, waiting to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. They spent their whole life serving Him. And that was the moment when their race was won and they got to be with the one that they loved more than anything else in this world. That's not a tragedy. And that's what you'll hear Him say in that message. And then he said, there's another couple. And listen to this. He said, they retired early. They cashed out. They went and bought a house in Florida and a nice big boat. And he said they spent their days. And he talked about how he read about it in the Reader's Digest. It was the American dream. And they spent their last days of their life, the last years, collecting seashells. Now, I didn't preach this message. I'm just simply quoting the message to you. But do you know what he said that sticks in my mind? Truly, that message is a message that's had a lasting impact on my life. That's why I wanted to share it with you. He said, now both of those couples stand before the Lord. The one has served their whole life and lived for this moment when they get to lay their crowns before the feet of Christ and they finally get to be with the one whom they loved with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. What a reward for those two is laid up. We can't even begin to imagine what Christ had prepared for them. I can tell you this, eye has not seen it, ear has not heard it, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God prepared for those women. But the others, he, he said powerfully, and he says it better than what I ever could preach it to you, but this is what he said. He said they got before the Lord, and he said they, they turned around and they said, Here, Lord, here's my seashell collection. This is what I spent my life chasing. And it may not be seashells for us, but what are we going to say? Lord, look at my checking account. See how good I was with money? Look at my house. Look how beautiful it looked, Lord. Look, look, God, look at my cars. Look at my toys. Look how many fish I caught, Lord. Look, look, God, look at all the things that I did with my life. And you're going to find that, that, that listen, for most of us, and I'm preaching to, to wake myself up. But if it, if, it, if it wakes you up, then I'll glory, I'll give God glory for that. But listen, most of us are going to realize we're spending our lives on ourselves. We're spending our lives laying up treasures that won't last. We're spending our lives wasting time worrying about things that have no eternal value no eternal significance it's just a waste 
when we could. And it's listen, you say, well, I just don't know how to go about it. Yes, you do. Don't believe the lies. You know how to go about it. You surrender your life to Christ and you begin to do all the things that the Lord said to do. And you find ways to share the gospel. You find ways to show love. Listen, we've got a short amount of time left. I don't care if you're the youngest person here or the oldest person here. You ain't got much. Even if you've got 70 years, some of you sitting here can testify. 70 years goes by pretty fast. Amen? It goes by pretty quick. So it don't matter how long, you may have five years left, you may have 10 years left, you may have 15 minutes left. You don't know. But what I'm encouraging you to do tonight is to spend that time in service, full surrendered service to God. That don't mean you gotta quit your job. That don't mean you gotta uh, 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 you know, sell your house, but it means you've got to sell out to something besides the lies of this world. You're going to have to sell out to the gospel. You're going to have to sell out to the truth. You're going to have to sell out to the fact that this world and all the things in it, it's passing away. They don't matter. What does matter is what we do for Christ. What does matter is how we love others. How we love God. Ask yourself. Ask yourself. Have you been loving God with all your heart? Not with some of it. Not with, not with parts of it. With all of it. Have you been loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Or has your life been preoccupied with everything else? Chasing after silly treasures. God has equipped every believer. Listen to me. I'm trying to close. I really am trying to. God has equipped every believer here with gifts. The Bible makes it very clear that if you've been born again, if you have the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit has given you certain gifts that God has given to you for the purpose of bringing Him glory and bringing others to Christ. Those gifts are in you. Are you using them? Are you serving God? Are you loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Let me ask you this. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Are you showing biblical love to those around you? Are you ministering grace? peace and joy? Are you showing the lost how to be found? Are you showing the saved how to grow? Are you showing love to each other, to the world? I'm asking you, where's your heart tonight? Is it in the Lord or is it in the world? What's it going to be? We all got a choice to make. You know, the only thing that hinders us sometimes is just us. It's just us being willing to commit to say, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm giving up. I'm, I'm done chasing things that don't matter. And I'm going to go after the thing that does. Amen? All it takes. Listen, I do not know how I'm going to, I don't know if this is going to work. But I'm going to do it anyways. And I'll, I, 
it won't hurt my feelings if you don't. But right now, maybe, I, 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 there's no compelling preaching here tonight that I've done that, that, that does this, but maybe the Holy Spirit's been working in your heart. And maybe God has been speaking to you. And maybe as we have just worshipped and, and looked in the Word together tonight, and, and this morning, maybe you began to consider some things. And maybe you think, you know what? I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to spend my days in service to the Lord. I want to love Him more. I want to grow in Him and be deeper. Some of you can't. If you can't, don't. And some of you may not want to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But I'm giving an altar call. And, and this is what I'm asking you. I don't have an altar up here to come to. But here's what you can do. If that's you tonight, if that's you right now, just if you're able, step out of your car and come lean on your hood. Just sit back on your hood and let's pray together. Let's ask God. Let's ask God. Say, God, I want to love you better. I want to know you more. I want to grow in you. If that's you, just come on out. If you're not able, that's okay. You can pray right where you are. I'm just giving you an altar call. I'm giving you a chance to get earnest with God tonight. I'm giving you a chance to say, you know what? I'm going to spend my days in service to the Lord. I'm going to spend the rest of what I got trying to lay up some treasure, trying to build up the kingdom of God, trying to share the gospel with other people. I see lots of people, and I thank God for that. I thank God for it. Anybody else tonight before we go to the Lord in prayer? need to serve a world that doesn't love us when we can serve a God that does. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight, God, we don't have the old altar in our church, but we have the altar of our heart. And we bow down before you, God, and worship, Lord, and we thank you, God, for the love that you've shown us and the grace that you give us, God. And we thank you, God, for the wonderful things that you've done in our life. But, God, I know for me, God, I'm not, I can't speak for anybody else. But for me, I, I, want, I want to lay up treasure. I want to glorify you with my whole life. I don't just want to serve you with half my heart, God. I want you to have all of it. God, in a world that's so full of distractions and things that try to pull us away and so many idols, God, that we can look to, God, help us to get focused on what matters. Help me, God. Help me to be focused on what matters. As I think about, Lord, those two women who are no doubt in your presence this very evening, God. As I think about the life that they lived, and I look at mine and I think, 
God, I just want to be able to step up. I want to be a, a good example to my family, to my church, God, to my friends and my neighbors. I want to serve you, God, and I want to love you with all of my heart. And I want to show other people how much I love them. And God, I, I thank you, Lord, because I didn't always love everybody else. But God, you changed my heart and you made me to where I can love others. And I'm grateful for that, God. Forgive me for the times when, God, I think about only myself. Forgive me for the things, God, the grudges that I've held over the years, over things that don't matter, God. Forgive me for the bitterness, God, that may be in my heart, God, over things that really aren't of any significance, God, and help me, God, to, to shed off all those old things, God, and to get rid of all those old bitter thoughts, Lord, and to just to, to come back, Lord, with a zeal and a passion, God, to serve you, God, and to make you, God, known amongst the nations, God, and to lift your name up that you might receive the glory God, you said, if you be lifted up, you draw all men unto you. So certainly, God, you have been lifted up. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord. God, work a work in our heart that we simply cannot do for ourselves. God, it takes you. Help us to be the people you want us to be. Help us to be the neighbor to all. Help us to show love, to minister grace, to be Christians, God, to be disciples, to be followers, to be servants, to be children, to be heirs and joint heirs, to look forward to what lies ahead and not to get focused on simply what's in front of our eyes, God. The things which we see are temporal, but the things unseen, you told us they are eternal. Help us to live for those things, to work together as a church family, God, as a community of believers, God, regardless of the church that we go to. Help us to work together to love and to serve you and to make the gospel known to all the world. We pray it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. We love you. We thank God for you. You get some fellowship. It's not that bad out here. You can't maybe hug next, but you can go around and get within six feet and talk to each other. So enjoy that. We love you. God bless you.